0: How are young adults, if you've been here before, it's so good to have you. If this is your first time, um, welcome to church. We get to gather in the name of Jesus every week and learn what it means to live and love more like him, to be transformed together as a community. Um, we love to learn together. We love to laugh together. And we love to get to worship. If this, um, yeah, whether you're new or been here before tonight, is going to look a little bit different because we find ourselves in the middle of Holy Week. Now, if you're newer to church, or maybe just screw up in a non-denominal ch- church, like Calvary Holy Week might feel like a really orthodox term. But all it is is the Sunday to Sunday celebration um, where we just get to participate in acts of remembrance and reverence when it comes to who Jesus is. It's highlighting the last days of his life before his death, burial, and resurrection. And before his defining act of love for us on the cross. So we start on Palm Sunday, if you were here last week. Um, and it, we get to go all the way through his crucifixion. But here on Palm Sunday, or what we got to experience on t- Palm Sunday, so Jesus comes back to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. It's a meal that symbolizes God setting the Israelite people free from slavery in Egypt. So this is a big deal in the Jewish faith, the freedom that they're anticipating and how fitting that Christ himself comes back to Jerusalem, Mm -hmm. riding on a donkey and people are waving these palm branches. because they've been waiting for a Messiah, they've been waiting for a savior. They're cheering, this is the King, the Messiah, the one both the Jewish and Gentile people hope to deliver them from oppression, from both the Roman Empire, and also just from spiritual death. It looks like the victor is coming, and spirits are high. So Jesus comes into the city, and we have Holy Monday, Holy Tuesday, Holy Wednesday, and he fills his time with teaching. He fills his time with cleansing the temple. He confronts the religious leaders to try to set the record straight on who he is and what he has come to do. do. And then on Wednesday night, He's betrayed by one of his closest friends. Loyalty traded in for 30 pieces of silver, no more than $400 today in our currency. You see, Jesus coming as a Lord threatened the reign of the earthly rulers at the time. The powers and the religious leaders, they weren't ready to bow to a new king yet. So they plotted and they waited. And then comes Thursday is what we get to remember tonight. Jesus knows his fate. He knows what's to come. The Father has told him it's been prophesied over hundreds and thousands of years. And he invites his closest friends to share a meal with him. They climb into the upper room of a friend's home. And the 12 gather around a table for a meal, just like many others they've had. They wash up and they begin to eat. And then Jesus does something unusual, something that maybe we've become familiar with, but at the time was really unique. Matthew 26, verses 26 through 29 says this. While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to the disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood, the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. In the other accounts of the gospel, Jesus says something like this. He says, do this in remembrance of me. So Jesus was foretelling his death. He knew the hour of his arrest was coming. And actually the one who had betrayed him was sitting at that same table. He would later even enter and begin to anguish anticipating the sin he would take on when he was in the garden. But first, he took time with his disciples. Why? Because he knew the joy that was set not only before him, but before them. He knew that his death would bring these dear friends spiritual life. That they would have opportunity to destroy the enemy's plans to steal, kill, and destroy his beloved creation. So tonight, just as his disciples did on that night, on that Thursday, before Jesus' death, the night before Good Friday, which we only call good because what Christ did for us, we have this invitation to take the same element in remembrance of him, of his great love for us, his great sacrifice to take on the wrath that God owed to us. You see, the juice or wine that we have for us tonight Remembrance of the blood that was spilled, our blood that was meant to be spilled, the price that we cannot pay. And the bread is a remembrance of the body that was broken, the anguish that happened when He decided to take not only on our sins, but the sins of the whole world, everyone to be born and to come. So we brought these stations for you to to partake tonight. And they'll be at the long table in the back. Um, We have bread and we have juice. We also have some gluten-free, soy-free, nut-free bread, so everyone could parts to me. But we just want to invite you as a follower of Christ, if you say that Jesus is Lord of your life, to take a friend or to go with the people around you and take communion together. You see, like the disciples then, this act may not be familiar to you. It might actually be new to you. Or if you've been walking with Jesus, maybe this is something that you're doing and you're like, man, it just feels like it's not clicking tonight. But I just wanna encourage you, if you love and follow Jesus, we believe that the spirit has something for you in this act. That you're coming into agreement with what the Lord is doing and we're following his command to say, Lord, I'm gonna remember this. Even if my heart and mind are distracted, Lord, I'm giving you all my attention right now. I'm gonna call to mind the great love, God, that you have for me as your child. And to cling to the hope and joy and truth that has the final say over my life. And if you aren't a follower of Christ, um, we always want to say this, but we don't want to make a hypocrite of you. So if this is something that's new to you, or you're curious about, um, you're free just to stay and observe in your seat. Or I just encourage you, ask someone who's taking communion, like, what's the deal with this? Have them explain. Maybe pray with them. Receive Christ tonight. It's the perfect time. We want to invite you to take this time. We're going we're gonna to go back into a time of worship. But we want to honor Jesus as we look forward to Easter weekend. By thanking him for his body that was broken for us. By thanking him for the, his blood that was spilled over us. So that we may be seen clean before God. That we can embrace the good life that he has for us on this side of eternity and the next. As you feel comfortable and led, we just want to invite you into communion. And again, you can go alone or those with you. But we just want to say thank you to our good Jesus. So Lord, thank you so much for tonight. Lord, once again, we just say thank you for your body that was broken. Lord, thank you for your blood that was shed. And Holy Spirit, just thank you that you empower us, Lord, to live a life worthy of the calling that you've given us, Jesus. We just want to honor you in this act of remembrance.
1: So, our high king, Jesus, the Lord of all, the the Messiah. I'm going to put this over here, change my mind. That night, right, 2,000 years ago, as Sarah explained, Jesus went up with his, his bros, you know, he's got his people with him, his guys. They gather around for a meal and At the end of that meal, Jesus explains specifically through the bread and the wine juice. That he is going to have his body broken, his blood poured out for you guys. Because you can't do it on your own. Because I have to do it. Jesus had to do it. It was the only way. To bring them back to himself. And so he showed them. He foreshadowed on top of all the times he told them. I am going to die. And I'm going to die for you. And you'll see it in Isaiah 53. About uh, the suffering servant that is prophesied hundreds of years before Jesus comes. And Jesus, the fulfillment of it, gives us this thing to remember him. To remember what he did for us. That's one of the mandates on that night of Monday Thursday, Mandate Thursday, that night of the Last Supper. He gives the mandate to remember through eating, taking of the bread and drinking of the wine that his body was broken for us. Because that was the only way. Because he had to do it. We couldn't do it. His body, he gave himself for us. Not because that makes it easier on us, but because we couldn't really couldn't if unless he was willing to do so, and he so willingly did. That's the first mandate. Actually, sorry, that's the second mandate. <laughs> the first mandate actually came at the beginning of the night. So uh, the guys, you know, show up to this room, this upper room. There's a whole story about, you know, finding the room, and Jesus is like, go, you'll talk to a guy who knows a guy, and he'll be like, I got a place. And so it works out just as Jesus says, and they show up in this upper room, and I'm sure they like walked in one by one. And uh, back then in the Middle East, just in, you know, 2,000 years ago world, not just the Middle East, uh, people didn't have sweet new balances. Um, they had uh, sandals, if they had shoes. It wasn't uncommon not to have shoes. And so. They walked around on unpaved roads, or even if there was cobblestone roads of whatever type, you know what else walked on those roads? Animals, because they didn't have cars. So any cart, any carriage, anything uh, that needed to be hauled would be hauled by animals who, of course, eat food in one end and do something else out the other. And You know what I'm talking about? Picking up what I'm putting down? Okay, good these are the roads they're walking right feet would get pretty dirty right just by going about your day feet would get nasty crusty dusty soiled roads you ever walk in sandals and like go through okay now this is gonna be too real maybe for some people it's too real for me actually walking in flip-flops sandals right outside like a Starbucks or a Jamba Juice, both are notorious, and somebody has dropped their drink, but you're not paying attention, and you step in the old Jamba Juice or Starbucks spilled on the ground, the puddle. You ever had that happen? It splashes onto your feet. Do you know how gross that is? Like, like, Starbucks with the milk and everything and all the sugar that's just been sitting out for like an hour in the sun, you know, and you're just like, doo-doo-doo, going to get, you know, I don't know, Jamba Splash. And then you're like, oh my gosh. (laughs) That is so gross. And when you're out and about, you don't have anywhere to wash that off. You're just stuck with that sticky foot sandal (laughs) for the rest of the day, unless you can find someone with sprinklers on or something. You're like, okay, here we go. You know what I'm talking about? Anyone else? That's just it's happened to me before. I wear sandals a lot. (laughs) It's a problem. It's so gross. But that's like an instance for me. This was their every day. They're walking around every day in roads that don't really have defined gutters with horses and animals and everything else just doing what they're doing. It's pretty gross. Now. You arrive at dinner like these guys do, and they walk in, and there's a low table because they didn't really have chairs like we have chairs, so they have a table, and usually chairs are expensive. It's wood. You got to, you know, back then that's like only like Herod had that, you know, so low table, and, and you'd sit down, and you'd kind of sit at the table, right? You'd like sit down like this, you know, like we would Indian style, or, you know, if you're really like, hmm, I'll have some grapes or whatever. I don't know how it looks. But you're kneeling down, you're lounging at a table with other people down on the floor. Where are your feet? They're right there. Your nasty, yucky feet, they're right there. And so the custom, the the standard way of operating is you enter a place, especially a banquet or a dinner, anytime you're going to eat, and it was just polite (laughs) to wash your feet. It was just polite. It's not even like, it's not like, well, good for you. You washed your feet. It's like the opposite. Wait, you didn't? Nasty. Get out of here, man. What are you doing? Like, why are you bringing that stuff to my table? Right? So these guys, I imagine they rolled up like a crew, you know, probably not one by one, because they operated really like, you know, like they're all together like bros. So they all walk in the room, right? Maybe in twos and threes, they kind of make their way in. And there's a bucket of water. there's a little basin, probably a pitcher and a place to sit. And they see it. But here's the reality. If you come in with more than one person, if you come into a group, the situation was the lowest or least among you, that's the one who serves all the others. That's the one who washes the feet. If you came into a place like a banquet hall kind of thing, like they were probably coming into, they probably walked in and thought, Where's the servant? Oh, I'm not doing that. Not in front of all these guys. You know, maybe in my own home, but no, this isn't how it's supposed to work. Where's the servant? There's no servant. Didn't Jesus know? Did he pick the wrong house? Why didn't he pick the place that had a servant for us, to wash our feet, to take care of this for us? Of course, Jesus knew what he was doing, right? But I imagine they're all there. They're kind of mingling around. You know, everybody kind of knows, like, hey, we're supposed to wash feet. But they're looking around going, like, maybe John will do it. No, Peter won't. We all know that. Who'll do this, you know? And all they're really thinking probably is about themselves, like, I ain't doing it. No way. In in the book of John, it actually records that shortly before these guys, they're walking on into Jerusalem, and they're actually arguing with each other about, like, who's the best or who's the greatest of the disciples. Like, basically, like, I think Jesus is more into me than you. I don't know. One time he told me that I could go heal that guy. And I did. So he's probably more into me than you. And they're just like going back and forth, right? And John's like, yeah, but he told me that he loves me. And they're like, yeah, he told me that too, bro. What? She's like, Come on. <laughs> like, they're arguing about this stuff. And Jesus overhears it. And he, he hears it. And he addresses it. But the, they're walking. And Jesus just hears this. These guys he's been walking with for three years. People who have seen him suffer Give everything that he has to care for people to to the point where he is like expended. He is like giving all of himself. He's so weary. And then a crowd shows up and it says all the disciples were tired. Jesus himself was wiped out, but he had compassion on them. And so he started to teach them. He like got them in a boat because they were also like so spent He's like, let's get out of here. We got to rest. And they show up at the other end and people had seen him coming and they arrive and all the disciples are probably pissed. You know, they're like, oh my gosh, these people are so needy. And Jesus is like, yeah, but these are my people. I'm going to do whatever it takes to care for them. And he's doing whatever it takes to care for for these guys, right? And they just don't get it. So here they are. No one to wash the feet. I ain't doing it. That's below me. Not in front of these people, man, then what will they think? What will, what will Thaddeus think of me, man? Thaddeus is so cool, like his style. He's got like the new shawl, it's awesome. Like, what, whatever, right? And that, we do that all the time. We do that all the time. We're comparing ourselves all the time. We walk through a parking lot and you see a cart that's just sitting out there. And you're walking, you know, close enough. uh, someone else's man. They that person's a bad person. Didn't put their cart back. I'll let someone else get that one though. But I'll put mine away. I'm better than the person who left that one, right? You know, like you see somebody walking in and uh, you see trash blow past them. Like even just walking into the church, you see a thing of trash blow past them, and it's like, man, they should pick that up. Why didn't you? Well, it's yucky. I don't want to have to wash my hands. I don't know. Like, I don't want to go out of my way. That's someone else's problem. That's not my problem. That's someone else's job. That's not my job. And that's literally what these guys did. It's someone else's job to wash my feet and all these other guys' feet. It's not my job. It's not my job. So I'm not doing it. Jesus shows up. What does he do, right? Man, he's so wild comes in he's the messiah he's the king of kings he's the one who's like lord over everything and all these guys believe it they all know it this is the messiah he is there's no one above him he's top dog right they're like oh jesus here what up jesus hey jesus they're so into him and what does he do well it says here in the book of john let's read says, the evening meal was in progress. Oh, okay, so they sat down already, right? And Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal. Okay, hold on. You guys get that? Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So Jesus on reflecting on his authority, reflecting on his supremacy. Out of that, he gets up from the meal. He takes off his outer clothing, wraps a towel around his waist. He pours water into the basin and begins to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. So in light of his supremacy, he serves. In the light of his supremacy, he serves. He recognized how powerful he was, how much strength he had, and above all, the security he had. He was secure. It was from God that he came, and it was to God he was returning. He was secure. That next day, he was going to go suffer like unimaginable suffering. And yet he knew he'd raise. He knew despite the suffering that's about to come, I'm going to be fine. I'm the king of kings. I'm the son of God. We're going to get through this. And in light of his security, in, in his security and his place in the kingdom, as the son of God, he served. Does that sound backwards to anyone else? Is that the way we operate? We use our authority We use our position. We use our whatever it might be, success, our sweet new shoes, (laughs) anything we can use, anything we can grab onto to feed into our own um, building up of ourselves, protecting ourselves, guarding ourselves. And then we use that not to secure us unto risk, unto serving others, but we use that to justify why we don't have to. And why they have to serve me. No, I'm the one who should be served. No, I'm not the one who should pick up that trash. No, I'm not the one who should go pray with that person over there who's having a mental situation. Maybe is strung out on drugs. Looks like they need a lot of help. There's no, no, I'm not the one who helps the, that person. Someone, that's someone else's job. I'm not qualified. That's, that's, not, that's not my job. That's not what Jesus calls us to. That's not what Jesus modeled. Hey, Bo. (laughs) Would you mind helping me out? Sure. Thank you. Would you mind coming up here, having a seat? Go and take a seat. I didn't. I didn't ask Bo this beforehand. Thank you, brother. So, right, Jesus that night, he takes his outer clothing off. I did this on purpose. It was so hot up here. I was like, man. <laughs> and this is what it was like. I think sometimes we read that. Like he took his outer clothing off and we're like, what does that mean? It's kind of like he took his jacket off. He just, took his, he just took his jacket off. And then he asked the disciples, come and sit, right? And he, the king of the universe, gets lower than everyone else. Out of his authority, out of his strength. I'm going to take his shoes off. You cool okay. with that? I'll, p- I'll help put him back on. Okay. okay. Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bo. Yeah. And he takes their dirty, nasty sandals off. These are white, though. Those are beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, good job. That's hard to do. That's hard to do. Now, this is the real intimate part, the sock. <laughs> right? the hard part about this is this isn't 2,000 years ago and Bo probably took a shower. <laughs> and he's had socks on since he left the house and shoes. Yeah. I don't smell anything. Your feet smell great to me. <laughs> this isn't 2,000 years ago. Your feet are pretty clean. Your feet are really clean. And yet, this is weird for me. It's weird for me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's weird for both of us. Yeah. And that's kind of the point. Is it's uncomfortable when things aren't how we'd expect them to be. It's uncomfortable. This is weird. Who does this? Right? But that's what we're all going to do tonight. If you're willing. You don't have to. I'm not going to twist your arm. But So, Jesus took the disciples' feet, and one by one he sat them down. This is soapy water. It smells real pepperminty. Sarah chose good soap. It's good. Everybody's feet will smell better after this, I promise. And he washes their feet, except bows don't, Yours don't smell bad. They're nice. Uh, But theirs were all really pretty nasty. And he cleans them off. That's warm. That's really nice. Cleans them all off, right? And I gotta imagine he wasn't just sitting there, not saying anything. Actually, we have a we have testimony to there was discussion happening while this was going on. And as we wash feet tonight, as I wash your feet, Bo, I guess I uh, I guess I want to first say I admire you. I'm thankful for the man you are, for the resilience that you have had in your life. It's beautiful to see your faithfulness to God and you... Reaping the rewards. You've become a man that blesses. And even when you didn't feel blessed yourself, I got to see you bless others. I saw you bless me. (laughs) And care for me and serve others, ask me how I was doing. You've prayed for me before. You've prayed for me at times when your life was pretty rough. And you had every reason to be demanding prayer from me. And we did pray together. But in those moments, you also prayed for me. Thank you. That's honorable and humbling for me. To see you love and care, not because you have to, but because Jesus did it for you. I guess I also want to encourage you and remind you that right here I am washing and cleaning your feet, but someone much greater than me has already washed you and cleansed you and made you whole and made you his. And as I serve you by trying to put this sock back on, <laughs> see how this goes? I have kids, so I've practiced. <laughs> it this. You'll probably be better, though, because your foot won't go like this. <laughs> get over here. Okay. You can put it right there. Yeah, yeah. He did it for you. May this be a reminder to you that you're not strong enough. That you can't clean yourself. That you can't make yourself whole that you need to be served. And there's one greater than all of us who's willing to serve you and who has served you. How'd that make you feel? Good. (laughs) Yeah. Well, is this going to work? There, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. It. What's your system? Is it like a tree that the rabbit goes around and then goes in the hole? Or is there um, a different saying for you? I've just been doing it how I've been doing it my whole <laughs> okay, <system>. okay. <laughs> I got to teach a kid how to do it sometimes, yeah. so I need to learn the sayings. Um, this is awkward to do because Bo has clean feet. But I think it's good to do, and however awkward it is, I, in spite doing this in front of all these people, thank you, thank you. Um, I'm thankful for an opportunity, and a and a specific moment to get to encourage you with things that I've thought about you, that I've noticed in you, but I haven't voiced, and so. I'm thankful for you. Thank you for letting me wash your feet. Thank you for being willing to do this in front of everybody. And thank you for being the man that you are. Thankful <laughs> for you both. Oh, <laughs> uh, waiting for a hug. Love you, brother. Love you too, man. Brothers got a hug. <laughs> All right. We are brothers. So Jesus, after he washes all the disciples' feet, he says this Do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master nor a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Jesus, the master, Jesus, the one who is sending the messengers, that is us, came down and he washed his disciples' feet. And the call here, just like to eat the bread and drink the wine, is this is symbolic of something. It doesn't end with washing feet. The act of washing each other's feet is just the practice. It's the practical step. It's the liturgy to position our hearts in a place where we're willing to come underneath one another. It takes more strength, so much more strength to come under someone and lift them up than it does to stand above and pull. Jesus comes under and lifts, and he calls us to do the same thing. So I want to invite all of you tonight to practice. In the back, back behind the sound booth, there's little basins just like this with soap and sponges and stuff, and then little cups with buckets nearby with clean water to rinse it off and some towels to dry. Invite people to, uh, or I invite you to find someone you're sitting by or whatever it might be and ask them however awkward it may be may I wash your feet and then as you do so do one of two things maybe it's someone you need to encourage maybe there's something on your heart that you can lift them up and show value to them that you appreciate about them that you care that you've seen in them maybe it's someone you need to ask forgiveness of you need to say I'm so sorry shouldn't have would you please forgive me and wash their feet use this as an opportunity to practice that humble heart to let the Lord do something as we obey good happens there one last thing where are we wrong page here we are Jesus gets all the disciples, right? He tells them, he takes off his robe. He gets ready to wash their feet, and he calls them. And one guy, Simon Peter, says, you ain't washing my feet. (laughs) I'm sure he walks up. You know, they're waiting in line, and he's, like, anxious. He's uncomfortable. He's like, this is the Messiah. This is the king. I walked in this room, and I stood there unwilling to wash anyone else's. And now he's going to wash mine? No. No, 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 no. It's below me to wash anyone else's feet in here. It is far below his him to wash mine. How dare. How? No. I couldn't let it happen. It, it's such an affront to his pride. I wasn't willing. How could he be willing? I'm, he it was confronted by it. No, I wouldn't do it. Jesus says, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Two things out of that. One, Jesus is the one who cleanses us, He does the work. He's the one who washes you. Not the other way around. You don't cleanse yourself so that you then can present yourself. Here I am, Lord. You're welcome. He's the one that looks at you and says, I will wash you. You're welcome. Be willing. Be humbled with the act of receiving. Sometimes that's way harder to realize that I just have to receive. There's nothing I can do about this. There's nothing I can do to earn it. I don't deserve this. Why would you wash my feet? Why would you sit and encourage me? why would you do this? This is weird. I don't like receiving because I can't pay this back. I can't like... (laughs) In some ways, it's almost more humbling to receive. So tonight, if somebody asks to wash your feet, just be faithful and say yes. And don't try and repay them because we're not here to even a tab. We're here just to serve tonight. So one, serve without expecting to get paid back, and two, be willing to receive without knowing that you don't deserve it. You didn't earn it. Sound good? Well, we're going to enter in time and worship. There's spots over there by the prayer wall, and there's spots back here. Take your time, um, and let's respond to the Lord's call. sacrifice and